Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our first November edition of the podcast. We've got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be joined momentarily by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Next up will be Ian McPartland from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. And last but not least, we'll visit with proud MFCC member Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So a great lineup in store for you today. Let's dive right into today's program and welcome in our first guest. And that's none other than MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins himself. Ryan, how are you on this beautiful fall day? I'm doing great, Kevin. I'm outside right now, and it really is just a perfect fall day. And how are you? Doing great. Uh, recovering from that big nor'easter we had last week. I know a lot of folks on the Cape and in southeastern Massachusetts lost power, had extensive tree damage. So hope everybody is kind of recovering, uh, has power and heat back in their homes, not too much water and tree damage, but certainly our thoughts are with everybody that uh, went through that ordeal last week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my house things changed quickly because there's been no wind at all the past 48 hours. And I was in shorts and short sleeves yesterday for a little while. So let's dive right into today's agenda, Ryan. I know you distributed a survey amongst a lot of the membership. I'm going to have you start by hitting the results of that. Yes, I launched a Fishing the Fall email course. And if anybody's interested in joining that, if you haven't done so already, you can go to myfishingcapecon.com, click on blog, scroll down, and, you, and you'll see it right there. But we had several hundred people subscribe to this course. And as part of the course, I sent out a survey. And I just asked members what topics they would like to learn more about with regards to fall fishing. So what I was thinking for this podcast, as you're talking to me, as you're talking to Ian, as you're talking to Bruno, if you could just hit on some of those topics, Kevin. Absolutely, and and we will bring those up later in the show. I have that list that you distributed to me, and we'll work those into not only this show, but the remainder of our podcast throughout the fall and winter season. Exactly, and there's so many topics that people are curious about with regards to fishing Cape Cod during November, December, and even through the winter, that we're going to do a little something special today. We're going to have this podcast that you're listening to right now, but if you'd like to listen to even more, we're going to have a second podcast, which will be available for members of My Fishing Cape Cod, and that will be over on the website at myfishingcapecod.com slash fall hyphen podcast. So we'll have today's normal show like we usually do. But if you'd like to learn more about all the opportunities that are available for fishing Cape Cod during the fall, then after you're done listening here, once again, you can go to myfishingcapecod.com slash fall hyphen podcast to get even more information about the great opportunities we have here on Cape. Well, something, Ryan, that I've been into this week is there's still quite a few schooly sized striped bass inside Cape Cod Bay, and I've had the opportunity to, to get out and 
kind of surf cast the beaches here inside Cape Cod Bay and have had pretty good success with fish in pretty close to shore. Nothing too big, but fish I'd say up to about 24 inches. Uh, so let's hit on a striper report to start today's podcast. I've been out quite a bit the last 48 hours, like you said, in Cape Cod Bay. I have been primarily flying the drone, and maybe some folks who are listening have seen some of the videos that I've shared on the website and on Instagram. But after the storm, there wasn't too much going on. But once the weather improved, like I said, 48 hours ago, there were thousands and thousands of striped bass. And just like you said, Kevin, most of them were small. But yesterday I saw some fish that were definitely 30 inches. And I talked to a few anglers who had been fishing from shore in Cape Cod Bay who had caught a few fish that were over 30 inches. But most of them have been on the smaller side. But really impressive, the amount of fish. And it's also been happening in the canal. The canal the past 48 hours has been pretty good, too. And I'm not hearing about any monsters. I have heard about a few slot fish coming from the canal. But really good numbers. And especially for early November, it's pretty awesome to be able to catch stripers like this in November. I know a lot of people might have already gave up on striped bass by now, but they really have shown up the past couple of days. And hopefully they stick around. But don't get mad at me if you run down to the canal you know, tomorrow or whatever, and you don't find anything because the fish this time of the year, they are moving very quickly. But I will say, Kevin, I don't know if you noticed, but the fish that I've caught over the last two days have been extremely healthy mm. and very fat. And uh, the ones that uh, that I have been fortunate enough to, to connect with here on my beach, Ryan, they've been extremely, I'll say, aggressive, non-discriminatory feeders. I ran into them on Tuesday, and I think they were feeding on smaller kind of silver side, you know, shaped bait. At first, I, I didn't really know, you know, what was going on, and I threw a magic swimmer out, and they destroyed it. <laughs> I know, right? So you see real small bait, but there you are casting a big lure, and they're still hitting it. And I was using an Albi snack, which is a little white soft plastic, which is like a perfect small imitation for, you know, peanut bunker which I've been seeing a lot of. There were lots of peanut bunker yesterday and like six inches of water right up against the beach. But there were also those silver sides or sand eels. I couldn't tell what it was. And in addition to that, there's been some rain bait. And down off of the east end of the canal, I bumped into a fly angler who reported hickory shad feeding on the small little rain bait. So a lot's been going on the last uh, few days here. But I will say, Kevin, I went down there today, and the wind changed a little bit. There's a little bit of a north breeze blowing in. And where I had seen thousands of birds, I didn't see a single one. Yeah. I was shocked. You know, yesterday was so good. There were so many fish. And again, if you see the drone video, you know what I mean. I went to the same spot again today, and they weren't there. But I did get a call from a friend who did pretty well in the canal. So I kind of have a feeling that maybe all those fish ended up in the canal today but i could be wrong we'll see and that's what i was going to ask you about next is just a quick kind of canal report you've already kind of led into it but just to kind of tie up that loose end here give us a quick cape cod canal snippet yeah aside from what i've already shared it seems like most of the action has been more towards the east end i've heard of folks doing well in the morning and in the afternoon and like what you said kevin they haven't been terribly picky 
So I've heard of folks catching them on topwater plugs. I've heard of folks catching them on jigs. And I've heard of folks catching them on swimmers. So it seems like there's, you know, fish around and they're not being too fussy. Uh, Another thing to hit on here is I know Veterans Day is coming up here in November, and I understand we have a giveaway. We do. I launched it in the forum just a couple days ago. Brian Blair, who's a member of My Fishing Cape Cod, donated a century surf casting rod. It's about 11 feet long. Perfect, perfect rod for fishing the canal. And I don't know if you're familiar with century rods, Kevin, but these are the apex of surf casting rods, pretty much as good as it gets. And themightyfish.com, the Goose Comics online website, we've got a Tsunami Saltex 6000 from them, which is a phenomenal uh, surf casting reel because you can get it wet. It has a sealed drag, and we've put 50-pound braided line on that. So it's altogether about a $1,000 rod and reel combo. And that is up in the forum right now. If you are a veteran or if you're currently in the armed services, then you can go into the forum, enter this giveaway, and I will pull a winner on Veterans Day. Another thing I wanted to check in with you, Ryan, on a little bit of an administrative item as we're heading into the winter here is MFCC TV. What's going on with that? Well, I'm busy putting that together, and I just wanted to let people know that it will begin airing in February. It will continue through March. My goal is to have eight brand new episodes, maybe more, if we're able to pull everything together in time. And my idea for this season, it will be the fifth season of the TV show, which is terrific. My idea is to start in the spring, go into the summer, and finish in the fall. So we'll just go through the entire 2021 season from start to finish. I'm really looking forward to this upcoming season of the TV show. And I understand as well we had another successful fundraiser on the website. I know you're you're constantly involved with the community, whether it's the Veterans Day uh, giveaway that we highlighted before. We're constantly doing little derbies and, and you know tournaments to benefit certain causes. Tell us about the latest fundraiser that you had up on the website. We raised over $2,000 during the month of October for a member whose condo actually burnt down in a fire. So that was really awesome. And everybody who donated was included in a drawing to go on a fishing trip with me next season. And the winner of that drawing is Leslie Kalinowski, who you may have seen her posts in the forum before. She's a really enthusiastic, passionate angler. So another great fundraiser. Very happy that we were able to raise over $2,000. And all in all, this season, I think we're approaching close to the $10,000 mark as far as fundraising goes, which is, which is great. And I can't thank the members who contributed enough. It really is. I mean, it's just awesome. It really is awesome. And last but not least here, just wanted to touch on freshwater, as I know a lot of folks are kind of heading that way this time of year. Folks kind of shift their attention. It's something we'll dive into with Ian McPartland coming up next from the Goose Hummock. I know he's a big fly freshwater guy. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about your experience. I know you've been kind of uh, poking around a little bit for pickerel and largemouth bass. I have, and I've been hitting up ponds here in the town of Bourne which there aren't as many ponds in Bourne compared to some of the other towns on Cape. But I've caught some huge pickerel using strategic angler bullets, which are little 
handmade wooden lures that are about four, five inches long, and they cast like a bullet. But some of the pickerel that I've caught have been really, really nice size ones. And I wrote up a full report if you're interested. If you go over to the blog on My Fishing Cape Cod, you'll see it there. And another thing I'm really looking forward to doing is casting swim baits, big swim baits, for largemouth bass. I've gotten quite a few photos sent to me recently from fans and members of MFCC who have been catching some absolute lunker largemouths over the past week or so using really big swim baits that imitate big rainbow trout or big yellow perch. So that's something that we can talk more about in future podcasts. And again, it's just another awesome thing that you can do on Cape Cod during November and December. Go after these big largemouths, big pickerel, and of course, trout. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for all the time you spent with us today on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. I'm going to let you get back to your day, and you and I are going to catch up a little bit later for podcast part number two, which is going to be available to members over on myfishingcapecod.com. You can head on over to the website, myfishingcapecod.com forward slash fall podcast to hear much more of my conversation with Ryan. How does that sound to you, bud? Sounds good, Kevin. I'll talk to you in part number two. Well, still to come on today's podcast is my visit with Ian McPartland from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans and Bruno Demir. For those of you that are curious about part number two of my conversation with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, that's going to be available, as we just mentioned, over on the website, myfishingcapecod.com. Part number two of our conversation will highlight other types of saltwater fishing, surf casting locations, and techniques for the fall season, finding big striped bass during the beautiful month of November here on Cape Cod. We're also going to get back into striped bass as we head into the winter season and talk a little bit about holdover stripers. That's something that Ryan and I have been doing since we were little kids, and there's certainly plenty of holdover opportunities here on Cape Cod. So if you're interested in hearing about those topics and more, head on over to myfishingcapecod.com where you can find part two of my conversation with Ryan. Well, second up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Ian McPartland from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in beautiful Orleans, Massachusetts. And this is Ian's second visit with us here this fall on the MFCC podcast. So, Ian, welcome back for round two. Thank you very much. Good morning, every, uh, ladies and gents. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Uh, we've flipped the page into November. It's hard to believe the fall run is kind of this far into it. It feels like I was just taking a dip in the ocean the other day. I think my last ocean dip, Ian, was about three weeks ago, and I wouldn't dare go in right now. Yeah, I definitely would not be signing up for that one. I'll watch you from the beach with a cup of coffee. All right, so let's dive into what's going on around Cape Cod. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of striped bass? I know the migration is well underway. There's still fish moving through the area, I think, sporadically uh, in Cape Cod Bay down through the canal. What are you hearing about any striper action here in November? So my buddy was uh, was getting on, you know, decent, you know, north side of schoolies uh, at the canal last night. Um, I was doing the same yesterday afternoon. Um, my mom lives in Katuit, so we're going south side, and I probably got like a dozen schoolies somewhere in that 20 to 26 inch range. Um, I was doing them on the fly rod, so that's, that's something new for me, and for that size fish, it was a blast. 
Well, that's great to hear. And, and for the, the fly rod, you know, the schoolie fish are absolutely amazing. Are you hearing of any fish still in kind of the Brewster, you know, Brewster Flats area? I know that's a big fly spot during the summer, or, or have those kind of spots dried yeah, up? I mean, typically this time of year, it's usually pretty good. The closest that I've been to fish in, like, Brewster Flats area is um, – like outside the mouth of Wellfleet Harbor. Okay. Um, just because my dad lives down there, and I don't have to be into work till 9:30. I'm more of a morning guy, so I'll wake up early, and uh, got into some decent-sized schoolies. And my buddy went that afternoon while I was at work and got some good bluefish too. So there's still a plethora of species out there. Well, it's nice to hear that there's still some bluefish kicking around as well here in November. That's encouraging. And they were gators too, so... Well, that's that's actually great to hear. It's nice to know that th- those fish are sticking around. You know, the air temperature has definitely cooled off. We had a pretty good frost in the area. Um, the first one that I can remember uh, last night into today. Uh, but the water temperature definitely still warmer than the air, especially in the evenings, I would think. Yeah, I actually went barefoot uh, surf casting last week, and... The, uh, it seems like the air was cooler than the water, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I know that this time of year, Ian, especially, you like to kind of divide your attention among, you know, you're still fly fishing saltwater a bit for those, you know, schoolie stripers. Uh, but you also like to get into freshwater this time of year like so many do. The Cape has, you know, so many kettle ponds uh, to offer. Uh, have you had a chance to get out and do any freshwater fishing lately? I have, you know, I actually split my time. Pretty much the extent of my days off is fishing um, or walking the dog. So I actually got a, got into a nice little rainbow bite on the fly rod yesterday. I wouldn't consider myself a fly expert by any extent, but um, you know, it keeps uh, it keeps it new and fresh for me, and it's uh, you know it's just something fun to try. You know, I wouldn't consider myself a pro, but it's definitely a lot of fun. Yep, and as we get into kind of the the peak. I'll say kettle pond and, and freshwater season here in the fall. The foliage is definitely turned, and, and people are kind of you know dividing, if not shifting, their attention to freshwater fishing. Talk a little bit about you know what the goose hummock has to offer the the fly fishing enthusiasts that that may want to come down and visit Cape Cod for a fly fishing experience in the fall. Oh yeah, well I mean as we as pretty much everybody on the Cape knows that the ponds are are super stocked, so. I would hit up a mass fish and hunt, and I think you can you can basically search search the town or the area which you live in to find out which ponds are probably going to be the most productive. Um, but as far as as far as the goose, you know, like I said, I'm not one of our fly leads or anything. But uh, I was just using a brown and olive woolly bugger, and I'd say that kind of universally this is super well for for every species that swims in freshwater. So I just uh, I have my like top three or four favorites that I t- pretty much tie on being a novice. Um, you don't need to be a super expert. I still learn from the guys here that are a little bit more fly pros than I am um, on the daily. You know. Yep, and there's also a lot of guys that I know that come down to the Cape to fly fish. You know, freshwater um, that also are kind of interested, or their interest is peaked into dipping their toes in the ocean for a minute. They might you know rent a house for a week and hit up some ponds with some of their friends and, and then inquire a lot about, uh, at least to me and uh, a lot of the people on the forum, they'll inquire about uh, saltwater opportunities for fly fishing, being an experienced freshwater guy wanting to try saltwater. So thinking about that, you know, fly fishing for these schoolie stripers like we just talked about, and maybe even potentially these bluefish that are still around, 
I know, you know, we mentioned the Brewster Flats. I'm assuming there's some other decent little, like, inlet areas that might provide an opportunity that's a little bit protected to target some of these, you know, smaller stripers, potentially even ones that are going to hold over. Are you aware of any of those opportunities down Cape? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I would say you're a little bit more, you know, uh, cast sensitive, you know, with the fly rod because you're not going to be able to have the same distance that you would with, like, so say, a surf rod. Mm-hmm. So finding a channel where you're going to have deeper water closer in is definitely going to increase your chances. And then also uh, checking the weather hour by hour to make sure you have, like, the wind at your back or you're at least not fighting it straight on. Mm-hmm. Um, just makes things a little bit more enjoyable, too. I do use a 10 weight for for pretty much even the schoolie fish just because wind conditions in the fall here can be kind of a factor as far as uh, the fly guy. So having the 10 weight to be able to punch out in the wind was made it a lot uh, made it a lot easier for me to cast out to where the fish are holding, you know. Yeah, and these, um, you know, these little areas that these nooks and crannies, as I like to call them, that could provide an opportunity for somebody with the fly rod, even in the fall when the weather isn't ideal, as we're mentioning, you're, you're trying to target an area that provides easy access to deeper water, you know, close to shore, as well as maybe some protection from surf and wind. These little kind of nooks and crannies, are there any, I'm not asking you to give away all your spots, are there any that you would off the top of your head recommend to somebody who is maybe perhaps a, a more experienced freshwater fly fisherman, but that might want to try to target uh, some schoolies or, or some bluefish while they're here on Cape Cod this fall? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, um, without giving anything completely away, uh, I would check like sound side. Mm-hmm. I think it's also going to be like the warmest water that you're going to have around at this time of year. Um and any little inlet that you could walk to, you know, it's definitely going to funnel bait fish and, and the following stripers uh, behind, like a stage harbor um, or around their their parts would probably be is probably a popular spot for the fly rod guys. Great. Um, like I said, it's deep channel close in, you know. That's awesome. That's awesome information. Um, pivoting a little bit, real quick. I know we mentioned bluefish. Bluefish make me think of tuna bait, <laughs> at least giant tuna bait. Uh, is yeah. is uh, giant season still open? It is. People are actually out there fishing on the water right now. Um, I would say your best spot to uh, to try to get a big one would probably be off of Reyes, like Stellwagen area. Um, there was fish out east before the storm, but nobody's been out for a week or so. So um, people just got to start searching for them a little bit, you know. The last thing I wanted to, to touch base on was just the store as we head into November. Uh, from an hour standpoint, uh, you know, days you're open, all that good stuff. Now that we've kind of pivoted a little bit deeper into the fall, we're approaching winter. What are the store hours? Uh, what's going on down at the Goose? Yeah, so, um, you know, every day other than Sunday, it's going to be 9 till 5.30. And then Sundays, uh, we like to get out of here and get a little daylight fishing after work. And uh, we'll be open a little bit earlier, so we're 8 to 4 on Sundays. All right, Ian, thank you so much for that detailed report. It was awesome checking in with you, and I hope we get to check in with you before the season officially ends, my friend. Always a pleasure. Have a great day, guys. Well, next up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And Bruno, how are you on this beautiful fall day? I am excellent, man. Hello, MFCC members. Hope some of you are out there with tight lines and, uh, I'm here at the office grinding it out. So I know that the the fall and in the winter season, Bruno, as we get into the late fall, early part of the winter, 
your focus pivots, you're in the office a little bit more. Is the is the Gavi still in the water? The Gaviota is still in the water, man. The Gavi's actually getting a new um, autopilot put in, which will be able to, you know, be be, in a, be beneficial for us for next year. And um, we've done a lot of work to it, so we don't have to deal with it in the spring. And um, she's alive and well and uh, ready to go out and pick up our lobster traps and call it a season. And that, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about is, is the lobster pots. When will you pull those and kind of call those a wrap for the season, within the next week or so? Yeah, you know, within the next week or so, you know, I might go out and um, usually my last trip of the year, I'll go out for mackerel and um, try to load up on as much mackerel as I can and, um, and then go by and pick up my traps and... Um, they're usually pretty nasty and weedy and all kinds of growth on them. So it kind of stinks at the end of the year when you got to pick them up. And then, and then it's a wrap. Another successful season here on the Cape. So you've got four pots, Bruno. I know because I was fortunate enough to be out on a trip with you this year and pull them up. And you pull them up by hand, kind of the old-fashioned way. And I can attest to how muddy and and nasty it makes the deck and your clothes and all that good stuff but it was a great it's a great i'll say it's a great addition right to your i'll say fishing routine and and especially having a great boat like you do with the ability to kind of cruise around and pull those pots have plenty of deck space and all that good stuff um it's it's a it's a really cool thing that you do and it also i think was instrumental uh as you mentioned on an earlier podcast in, in getting your kids kind of involved teaching them you know, how to lobster and, and about working the ocean. Sure. You know, I, I, I can tell you that it's probably the funnest thing for kids to do is going out there and lobster and pulling up that trap. And they can't wait to see that trap come up to see if, if there was, you know, any lobsters in there, crabs are in there. And, you know, kids, kids, kids aren't like us, you know, they're not looking to go home with six lobsters every time, you know, they're more interested in seeing all the different creatures they're going to find in there. And this year, we've seen everything from, you know, lobsters to crabs, clams in there. We've had, uh, we, we even found a skate in there once. And you usually have fish in there that you got to rescue and throw out. So for them, it's like, you know, seeing all this uh, sea life inside those traps as they empty them out and clean them out and then we throw them back in. It's, you know, it, it, when you're in New England and you live on the coast, I think everyone should get into it because it's really fun. It really is fun, and you don't have to go far. You don't have to take all day doing it. You know, if you keep it close, you find the honey hole, you spend a couple hours with the kids, they have a blast doing it. They really do. And another thing I know that was special for you this year uh, with your family, with your children was you got into a, a school of wreckfish, right, with them, and they were able to catch their first tuna. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I know some a lot of people saw it. We, we actually posted it on YouTube, and it got a, a pretty good following on it. So we turned on our GoPro as we were uh, trolling for wreck tuna out east of Chatham, and I had both my boys with me, and, um, and, and we had Uncle Alan on the boat, and within, uh, I believe, like 59 seconds into the footage, we hook up onto a bluefin on the troll. 
and you could even see it come up and smash the uh, the squid bar as a, as right behind the boat. It was it was awesome to watch, and we're just yelling and screaming. We're on, and I got my son running out, and he's bringing in the other extra lines as Uncle Alan's fighting the fish, and then we put my oldest son on the rod, and he started bringing the fish in on his own. And, uh, and we got everything from, from, you know, putting the, putting the, uh, rods out to the hookup, to the fight and to the gas. And, uh, it's, it's awesome footage. I'll have it forever. My kids will remember it forever and, uh, it'll go down on record as their first bluefin. Yeah. Another great family memory this year for you and, and the kids for sure. And talking about bluefin really quick, Bruno, I know today's a, uh, a big fish day. There's guys out there looking for giants. It's been sure. a little quiet since the storm. What are you hearing from your kind of network of buddies that have been out, you know, since this big nor'easter we had? You know, I was supposed to go out yesterday and today, but um, my schedule just didn't match the weather. But it is like glass out there yesterday, especially today. So it is a commercial day today. It was a commercial day yesterday. I have not heard of anyone uh, landing a giant yesterday. Um, the people I know that fished yesterday were mainly in the Crab's Ledge area. Um, so I I heard it was kind of a ghost town yesterday. Uh, I did hear that there's a lot more macro now. And um, I know that when the schoolie bluefins were east to Chatham, we didn't see much macro, even when you and I went out. We you know, it was mostly small butterfish. The mackerel kind of just disappeared. And that makes sense because when you have a biomass of bluefin running around the crab, you know, you're not going to see uh, mackerel sticking around very long. But when you have a big abundance of mackerel, you know, the schoolies most likely are gone. There might be giants there still. I didn't hear anyone land them. But um, if I were going to go fishing right now, um, I'd probably go to a sword. And and one of the things I'm looking forward to catching up with you on one more time, Bruno, is when you do go out on your last trip of the year and you pull your pots and, and you go to load up on mackerel, that's one of the things in the next couple of weeks when we tape the next podcast that I'm going to be curious about. Like, are there still mackerel around? What's in the water for bait fish? And, and how this giant blow kind of affected this ecosystem that you're so familiar with fishing? Yeah, I mean, with such a strong north wind, I'm going to imagine it pushed a lot of what was east of Chatham down pretty far south. Yeah. Um, and and if I had an opportunity to go this week, I was going to go out to the sword just because historically this time of the year, um, I do really well bottom fishing east of Chatham. Okay. Um, I think last year on November 8th, was my last trip east and we didn't get lucky with bluefin so we swapped over to bottom fishing and we all we had a, a boat full of four people and we limited out on haddock and cod it was a it was a huge haul and uh it was out at the figs and about 250 feet so you know that's a great bet if you want to get in one last fishing trip um, you're almost a guarantee on bottom fish if you go east out into the shipping lanes and out a little past that to the figs. 
Well, Bruno, we're going to have another podcast probably in, in the next, you know, 10 to 14 days. We're going to do it in another couple of weeks. And at that point, I'll check in with you on how your last kind of journey out on the Gavi was and if there are any macro out there. And, and when we get into the winter, I totally think that it would be a, a cool podcast opportunity to do a show on uh, recreational lobstering, a show on just macro. There's a bunch of different topics that you and I could definitely hit up this winter. Does that sound fun? Yeah, that sounds fun. Another idea I had is putting something together here at the dealership. Oh, yeah. Uh, and calling it Cod and Coffee. For sure. Let's put a bunch of fishermen here in the showroom and have some coffee and donuts and just uh, have some guests come in and do some speaking on, you know, fishing, fishing our Cape Cod waters. So the, the season's winding down, but you and I, I think, are going to be chatting plenty as we go through the next couple of weeks and into next year through the winter. So I just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, kind of on the podcast today, that we're still going to keep going and we're going to come up with kind of yeah. new and, and fun and unique ways to engage the membership, whether it's in person down at the dealership of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi or through the podcast. We're going to have plenty more content with you as we head into the winter. There's plenty to talk about when it comes to fishing here in the Cape. I mean, with so many species and tactics to catch them, um, I, I don't think one winter would even be enough for us. All right, Bruno, thank you so much for catching up with us this week on the on the podcast. Again, Bruno Demir down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. He's the guy to go see if you're definitely in the market this winter perusing for a newer used truck, you know, to pull your boat. What else you got going on down there at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, Bruno? Well, we're going to be expanding into another dealership, and that is to be announced. We're growing, and uh, we're just trying to um, get out there and go fishing more often. And that's something that you and I will be keeping tabs on as we go through the winter as well, and we'll announce those plans as they kind of come to fruition. Look forward to kind of updating everybody on the expansion of the Bruno Empire. That's it. All right, Bruno, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we look forward to catching up with you in the next couple of weeks, my friend. You got it. Well, many thanks to Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi for joining us on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And just want to take a moment to thank all of our guests that took time out of their busy weeks to join us on today's show, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Ian McPartland from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. And last but not least, Bruno Demir, as just mentioned, from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Also want to thank you, the members, for taking time out of your weeks to spend with us here on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast and for all your valuable feedback that you provided Ryan and myself over the last couple of weeks. We've got a lot of great podcast ideas and we will look to cash in on those as we head through the fall and winter months. You can keep an eye out for new podcast content every 10 to 14 days. And along those lines, we mentioned at the start of today's podcast, we were going to have a special part two featuring MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins that you can tune into over on MyFishingCapeCod.com. Part two is going to feature a lot of great striped bass content on where you can target big stripers in November how you can get into holdovers as we go into the winter. So if you're not already a member, be sure to head on over to MyFishingCapeCod.com. If you haven't signed up yet, your first month, the trial membership, is only $1, so really nothing to lose by joining us here on My Fishing Cape Cod. So that's going to put the wraps on today's program. This is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. And until we chat again, tight lines and take care. 
Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.